Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into episode number 101. Yes, we are on the other side of the moon, the dark side of the moon at this point. Of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnett. In the, in the studio with me, 7 and 4 is Harrison You were about Beatty. to say his house. You were about to say his house. In the his house I almost, with me. I almost said it for you. In the his house with me, 7 and 4 is Harrison Beebe. And my veteran colleague, James Cook. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. 101. You know, a year, a week older than 100. And now we're starting to sound like college classes. I feel younger, yeah. We're almost out of the high school sports realm. We're starting to sound like college classes. Get around, the Get Around 101. <laughs> yeah. What are we going to teach these kids we'll, today, we'll, fellas? We'll take you to school on high school sports, right? In the, in the his house. Take you to the his house. We'll take you to the his house on a lot of stuff. Got a lot of good stuff in this in today's show. Playoffs are well underway. We've been talking about them over the last couple of weeks here on this podcast. We've already done a full football show, a full volleyball show, but now we are into the regional and semifinal realm for A-player football. And then we get into uh, some regional finals and regional semifinals for volleyball. I have a lot to talk about there. We'll get to, into that in the Pulse. Uh, we have a great interview with Traverse City St. Francis football players Andy Simez and Sterling Holcomb. Uh, two guys going to take on Iron Mountain this weekend. And uh, we're going to talk to them about their season, a little bit of the underdog role that they may have played for the first time in their careers, and what they have uh, ahead of them on Saturday. After that, we're going to get into our giveaway winners from episode 100. We have a couple of the giveaways that all of you guys interacted with on our big episode 100, our Volleyball District episode. If you didn't listen to that, go back. It may be too late for the giveaways, but it's not too late to go back and find out everything you need to know about volleyball. Uh, and the playoffs as they continue on. And we'll still get you fed in every episode. Yeah, we're going to be getting you fed anyways. There's a lot of subs going out in today's episode, fellas. Uh, let's let's get to it before we get... Let's enroll. Yeah, let, let's... Enroll let's, on the pulse. Yeah, let's start, uh, let's start teaching these kids what it is, get into it, and put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. Is Antonio Brown taking this class, too? Sign him up. Is Ferris Bueller he's, here? He's back at school, Bueller. supposedly. Bueller. I don't know how long that's going to last. Is Cruella DeVille here for he's, episode 101? He's technically at CMU, so I mean, like, this isn't that far of a remote campus. We did have an intern from CMU here this summer. So I, bet, like, I bet you he's taking those classes online, though. Yeah, I mean, he could take this. This is an online class. That, that and, and makes he's paying people to do it for You're him. asking yourself if he's taking those classes and not somebody else doing it for him. Oh, yeah, his agent is taking those <laughs> classes. Well, no, I mean, like, why would you go back? Just it, What would the degree do anything for you at that point? Like, you're Antonio Brown. Like, a piece of paper doesn't mean anything. I think if you go back, it's, it's, it's more point of pride. About, I was going to say, it's more yeah. about, like, personal Maybe he wants right? to be a dentist. We don't know. I guess you do need, need a degree to be a dentist or something like that. Tell me you wouldn't go to that dental practice. I probably Antonio Brown DDS. <laughs> I probably would not go to that dental practice. Yeah. There's I probably some randos that, that would. Okay, we're in the pulse. <laughs> we're talking about Antonio Brown. I don't know how that quite equates, but we do have football to talk about. Uh, biggest game last weekend. I know I was at it. Harrison was there as well. Uh, Kingsley basically rolled over Oak Ridge 51-34, just like we talked about. I think the game went just about the way that I – Said on this podcast last week. Once more Kingsley, so, for sure. Yeah, once Kingsley was able to get up by, you know, two scores, ten points or more, they never let Oak Ridge come back. And, I mean, even on a few different possessions where they gave him really good starting field position inside their own 30, inside their own 10-yard line even, Muskegon Oak Ridge wasn't able to capitalize on every single one of those possessions. Uh, Harrison, you were there. What do you think the Stags uh, showed the state of Michigan by taking care of Oak Ridge like they did? Uh, I, I think you hit it. 
on the on the head last week with your analysis. I mean, if you're going to beat this Kingsley team, you need to jump out ahead of them right away and have them fighting back. Because defensively, obviously, they're not as efficient as they are offensively. And you put up 51 points against the number one ranked team. I mean, we talked to Coach War afterwards, and he said, you know, we, we didn't draw this up to put up 50 points. It just kind of happened that way. And it was really very cool to be a part of that whole scene when they invited all the fans out on the field and to just – you know, it's a district title. It's something they've won plenty of times before. They won it last year, but they acted like it was something more important than a district title. And I understand they still have more steps they want to get through before this season officially ends, but it, it was very unique to see them celebrate that and how important that achievement was for, for all time for Kingsley football. Of course, I mean, they get Freeland in the next round. Let's talk about that just a little bit. That's going to be happening this weekend on Saturday. Like you said, they don't want to be overlooking anybody. Uh, James, I think you'll actually be at that game. What are you looking for from Kingsley in order to put them into that state semifinal? Yeah, like you said, I mean, they, if they get out early, I mean, just that offense is, if you if you get it a, give it a lead, Tim Moore's going to pound you with a wing tee, and they'll mix in some play action, some stuff with uh, Tyler Inthazone running the ball, throwing off some bootlegs and stuff. And if you let him use the full playbook, that, that's your behind the eight ball early. Yeah, I mean, their defense is kind of what really impressed me this past weekend, stopping Leroy, Leroy Quinn. Yeah, I'd heard a little about him at this before this game, and I was not impressed with I was there the second half, but he didn't seem to plow through. He had a lot of carries, so he was probably getting tired, but he did not seem to dominate the game like I expected certain phases he would. You took the words out of my mouth. I actually tweeted at one point. I kind of felt bad because he did have three touchdowns in the game. No, a good game, but, but no. But listen, I don't think it was really that good of a game. One of two of the three came on fourth and goal after he got the ball three straight times mm-hmm. and was a, unable to score inside the five yard line. Eventually, you know, there is gonna be a break somewhere for you to be able to make that all you know happen after four or eight plays. Uh, but Kingsley did a great job of neutralizing Leroy Quinn. Their defense bended, did not break. Made him force a wide outside. We know what their offense can do. Everybody scored. Tyler Inthazone scored on the ground. Owen Graves scored on the ground. Payson Caballero scored on the ground. Aiden Mullen scored three times. I don't think we have too much to worry about about the Kingsley Stags right now. So it was basically Buffalo versus Cleveland. Where red zone, Cleveland couldn't do anything. Yeah. It, it, I mean, eventually it worked, but not quite yeah. uh, as fast as you want it to. Yeah, and he came, I mean, he came in with such... Everybody's giving him so much fanfare and everything. And I guess maybe now you see why somebody who's getting that much hype hasn't committed to college somewhere. Possibly, possibly. Shots fired. Hey, I mean, Well, I mean... I, that's what I said. Is I actually play tweeted, a good team, was, and then... No, that's a very good point. I think yeah. it was the fourth quarter, and I literally, I literally tweeted, even after he had already scored three touchdowns, I was like, he's been a relative non-factor in the game. Like, he... You know, you saw Aiden Mullen. Yeah, he didn't I do it. I think there was four there minutes no... left, and Aiden Mullen busted a 64-yard run to make it that 17-point lead just like that. And he had no nothing like that the whole game on against the Kingsley defense. The only big play I saw from Oakridge the entire second half was that early interception on, on Inthesome. Oh, they the brought first, it back yeah. near the goal line, and then they didn't even score on that play. But that was the only big momentum-shifting play that I saw of them the entire second half. Their quarterback and his scrambling ability was the biggest – bright spot for the Eagles the entire day. They he had a couple 30-yard runs, but nothing nothing else was broken off um, mm-hmm. on that Kingsley defense. So I, I think yeah. that I think they have a really good shot of beating Freeland this weekend and going straight into the state semifinals. Yeah, I think so. Most too. likely. That was I mean, that was the most surprising thing with him the the Oakridge running back that you were talking about is when I looked looked him up, you know, great stats. He's huge. He's built like oh, yeah, like no, he, he wanted or a college running back and everything like that, but then I saw it said college uncommitted and I was like, "What? This kid's a Almost done with his senior year, I think. Oh, yeah, all, and why is he not going? Why is he not going somewhere? He's waiting to see who offers. He'll get around one on one. He gonna learn today. 
<laughs> you going to learn today. It's Get Around 101. Next on our docket, uh, one that is starting to surprise us even more and more. Cadillac beats both those teams from the Upper Peninsula and uh, takes out the Sioux this weekend on a snowy field, wins 21-6. to Get that district title after squeezing into the playoffs at 5-4. and now they're rolling. They get Grand Rapids Catholic Central next, though, fellas. That's going to be a hard road trip down <laughs> south. They go the opposite way, and we know that Grand Rapids Catholic Central is about good for a regional title every year, every other year. Yeah, that's a pretty dang tall order. Uh, it's got to give uh, St. Francis and Glen Lake some hope, though. The Cadillac went up, beat two UP teams already. So, I mean, St. Francis and Glen Lake have to go on the road and try to do the same thing this week. I'm going to say at the beginning of the year, this is kind of like what I said with Mancelona a few weeks ago, Cadillac's goal from the start of camp, at least in most of those players' minds, was probably let's get to the playoffs and see what happens. Let's at least end this season in the postseason. And they did that, and they've won two games since, both on the road. Whatever happens here on out is just gravy. Like They've done a lot of things to reshape Viking football. They've gone the farthest in the postseason in the Big North Conference. And uh, as you mentioned, picked up incredible road trip victories along the along the way. So uh, either way, 2019 is going to be remembered as a huge success no matter what goes down uh, this Saturday down in Grand Rapids. All right, you did mention both of these teams, but we'll start off with the two that are traveling to the Upper Peninsula this weekend. Uh, Glen Lake is traveling all the way up to Calumet uh, this weekend. That's going to be a tall order for the Lakers, but we've been pretty high on these guys all season. Last week they beat Harrison 38-30. to They actually get, went up way big early, and Harrison scored a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter against some backups. But, I mean, a trip, once again, a trip to Calumet is a tall order. Yeah, it's, but it's what uh, Glen Lake did the last time they went to the state finals. Uh, they went up to Calumet. They had to go on the road to Calumet and win in the snow, and probably going to have to do that again on Saturday. But, yeah, Calumet's got a really good schedule. If you look at their opponents this season, I think they've only had two teams that had less than four wins and only three that were under 500, and they're still 10 and one. Their only loss is by one to Iron Mountain, who's an undefeated team that St. Francis is going to be playing. So, it you know, it's not going to be an easy test. It's not going to be like last week against Harrison. Yeah, these are two of the Upper Peninsula's best teams against two of Northwest Lower Michigan's best teams uh, who, who have played each other in respective conferences but have not got the chance to see each other. So this is going to be really interesting, Harrison. Good way think, to trade tape. Yeah, I mean, do you think that, you know, Glen Lake, this Calumet Glen Lake, this has to be probably one of the juicier ones of the weekend. But, how, but more importantly, how did you feel about them just treating your namesake that way? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> me and the Harrison Hornets go way back. Uh, you know, I'm cool with it as long as Jerry was uh, wearing his shorts. We were, we're okay. He was. Fun I fact, was. Harrison was not how I got my name, although some people have asked me that. My dad made a joke. Uh, with his buddy who lived down in Harrison at the time, and he said, hey, we named him after the town you're in right now. He was actually working at the time. He's like, you named him Gladwin? <laughs> so I'm not named after the town of Harrison. I-, I brought this point up in our giant preview edition two weeks ago. It- a lot of times these first-round matchups, in the first round when you get UP teams and Lower Peninsula teams in the travel, it's it's because of the records or whatnot. Those games tend to be pretty ugly. But at this point in the playoffs, I, I don't think home field yeah, home field advantage is obviously coveted. But I think these teams, they're winning two games. The reason they're this far in the playoffs is because they've been battle-tested throughout the year. I, I really think it's a lot more of an even playing field than the home field would dictate. And it, all it is is playoff points at the end of the day. We've obviously... You know, we've seen that that doesn't really matter in certain instances, and uh, I think Land Lake's more than capable of pulling off an upset of Calumet. It just depends on what game they put on the field that day. I talked about 
Uh, Glenn Lake being our, one of our favorites for the state title. If they if they get over Kelly Met here, I think they're at Ford Field in two weeks. Uh, Jonathan Wright has been an absolute monster for them over the last couple of weeks. We'll talk about him a little bit more later on, but uh, just in the playoffs, he's I think amassed over six touchdowns total. So uh, he's been doing really big mm-hmm. things for the Lakers here in the playoffs. Let's move over to Traverse City St. Francis. Uh, we did mention they're moving up there and playing Iron Mountain, who just took out Charlevoix forty-eight to twenty last week. We know how these two teams matched up, but. I mean, St. Francis is starting to kind of get on that playoff roll, that playoff grind. Squeezed out one fourteen to six over McBain at home last week, uh, but now they're done with home field advantage and they get to travel, what the three hundred and twenty plus miles out to Iron Mountain. This is this would be an upset for St. Francis, but I think they might like that underdog role. Do you guys think they'll be able to uh, shock some people with this Iron Mountain game? I think they're definitely relishing that role. So I think a lot of people are writing them off. I mean. We talked in the beginning of the season about how many people they lost and, and that they might struggle early on, but by the end of the season that this team would be you know, somebody to, to worry about, and that's pretty much just what happened. But I think they like the fact that the, you know, it used to be St. Francis would never sneak up on anybody. Now maybe some teams are overlooking them. Maybe Iron Mountain is just like, eh, okay, this team's not that good, and we're just going to roll, and St. Francis might came, go in there and say, hey, smack them in the chops and say you're going to have to earn this one. Yeah, I mean, uh the only thing about Iron Mountain, the Mountaineers, over the last two weeks, like I said, beat Charlevoix last week and beat Mancelone in the first round. So it's kind of wiped the floor with area teams. I'm sure the Gladiators don't want that to be the case. We know that they're not part of very many lopsided losses at the very least. So I think this will be a very close game. Harrison, do you have anything about this one? You know, I think the McBain game is going to be a good telling point for how they perform. You, know, you you might have expected to see them beat the Ramblers by a few more touchdowns, but maybe the if you ever watch McBain, those guys are huge farm kids. I mean, that's not an easy team to push around the field, so that you know is a scruffy matchup in itself. Maybe a, a slower start in that one. They didn't get their first score on the board till near the end of the half, right before I left to go to Kingsley. Maybe that uh, slower start kind of motivates them to get things going a little faster. Obviously, the road trip is going to zap them a tiny bit, but we'll, we'll see how much that, you know, maybe lack of, you know, rise to the challenge against McBain like they probably hoped they would. Maybe that lights a fire under them a little more to uh, to give the true test to Iron Mountain. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, it's going to be tough for Traverse City St. Francis. We cannot, you know, I can't be... You know, Kurt, I can't got to be Kurt about it. Can't you know skirt around it? I know this is they're good. underdogs. That's what I'm yeah. saying. This is a good Iron Mountain yeah. team. I, I'm not favoring St. Francis in this. I can't wait to hear from the guys uh, that we'll have on later. So stick around for that interview. We got one more game to talk about here, which is that eight-player matchup. The only one uh, left for us in eight player is Sutton's Bay. After taking down Gaylord St. Mary in that much anticipated by a quarter of an inch, yeah, much anticipated rematch. I mean, both of you fellows were there for that game on as a couple well. of occasions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean. That li- did that live up to the hype, that game at the very least, before we talk about the future? Well, at first I thought nobody was going to stop the other from scoring. I think yeah. the first four or five possessions were all touchdowns. So yeah, I, whoever had the anyone. ball last, or, or depending on the second half start, was going to win that game. Then they started playing a little defense in the second quarter, had some turnovers. But <laughs> and during the second half and throughout, it seemed like that was Brady Hunter's game to cough up, and it did not seem like he was going to cough it up until James pointed out to me on that, that final drive there. It was like, what, he had it nine possessions in a row? Yeah, over the over the course of a couple of different drives, he had he carried the ball in nineteen consecutive plays. Nineteen, but that drive alone. But that in that drive, drive alone, alone, he had nine. Nine. He carried the ball nine and times in a row. You could see like he was still making a dent, but I mean, you you can't take hits and tackles 
for yeah. so long before your body just starts yeah. weakening a little. Especially, a little and, especially and how cold it drive. was. I'm sitting on the sideline, you know, trying to f- warm my hands up as best I can because it's about 25 degrees. Thankfully, it wasn't yeah. that windy, but not comfortable conditions by any means. And in the first half, he was breaking those runs off for 10, 12 yards every time. And in that fourth quarter, by the time he had carried the ball 35, 40 times, it was down to five yards a crack. They were still moving the ball because you're still getting five yards. Yeah, of they crack. were what at the ten yard marker. That offensive line was moving. I mean, they were they were opening holes for him. I mean, it seemed like Gaylord St. Mary's game to lose, and that the way they were motoring, that th- that loss wasn't going to come on that night. I mean, especially with all they've been through the last month and a half uh, from this first Sutton's Bay game on. You know, you can make the statement that that was really their chance to make a statement to the rest of the state. But I mean, yeah. they they one fourth down. Yeah, they. They, Sutton's Bay scored with what eighteen seconds left. Eighteen to win and a half game. seconds. Yeah. yeah. So it's just as close as it was last time. Comes on the last play, Harrison. You took a second to show me the other night. Yeah. The ensuing kickoff the, with eighteen seconds to go. Hunter returns the ball and steps out he's of bounds. He was does gone. not think he's out. Nobody on the Gaylord St. Mary sidelines thinks he's out. I'm right there with the angle. I can see he just traces a couple toes on the side, not the whole foot, just those that pinky and that was they called the ring toe. I guess which, yeah. <laughs> the two, toe, <laughs> the second the two toes on the right end. Look down at your foot, everybody, and just picture <laughs> the two toes on the right end of your right foot. That's what was out of bounds for him that robbed him of a, a returning punt or kickoff that would have given them the lead again. Or at with, least would have tied the game at 36-36 then <laughs> given them a shot to take the win. Yes, yes. Yeah, and they had converted on every touchdown they scored except for the first one i think the conversion yeah they got the conversion on every touchdown yeah 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 so that i mean that was one more thrill that you know almost i think i saw in your article that coach opie referenced needing an aed defibrillator Mm -hmm. yeah so um yeah i i wasn't that cold in the fourth quarter Let's just say that. Yeah, you were after all, all, the, all the drama that was going down. Bit. Now, we do got to talk a little bit about the future for Sutton's Bay after that huge matchup. I know we had them on a couple weeks ago, and they, they really wanted that revenge, but they also were saying that they wanted to you know, put their names in the history books and make it all the way up to the Superior Dome. They're only one game away, and they get a home game to host Kingston. We saw Kingston beat Mesick, another local team here in the right. first round. Oh, sorry. Yeah, in the first round, and then Kingston beat Mayo. In the final seconds last week, James, you just explained this to me before the podcast started, but Kingston actually got sort of a, kind of like an untimed down type of situation to finish the game and ended up beating Mayo on the very last play of the game. Uh, so squeezed into this spot to play Sutton's Bay. I still like the Norris's chance to go to the state title and possibly even win it. I think it's been at least five or six weeks. I've been sitting here saying I think they were the best eight-man team in northern Michigan, and they're the last one standing. What do you guys think the home field advantage does for them? And, I mean, they fell in this spot last year. Yeah, they did beat Mayo. Kingston beat Mayo on the road because they were not the uh, the home team in that one, not the higher seed. So, But home field does have to figure into this. Sutton's Bay's played very well on the road. I mean, at home this year, the only time they ever lost, though, was the St. Mary game, but the first time. That's a win, though. And, <laughs> yeah, it's a win now. Um, the one thing that impressed me about that Sutton's Bay game, too, was the condition of the field. That was impressive. It was very clean. That was, like, I thought it was, like, an artificial, it looked almost like an artificial surface that they, had like, vacuumed. Oh, okay. I mean, like it, was, it was that clean. Be, yeah. It was that vacuumed clean. Vacuumed it. Okay. So, uh... I don't know. Do you guys, I, do you guys, I mean, we have this is the last time we'll we'll hear about it until they're there. Do you guys think they're going to be in the Superior Dome uh, next weekend? I think so. 
I don't know who's a bigger lock this weekend, Kingsley against Freeland or Suttons Bay against Kingston, but they're they're both heavy favorites to win and advance to the next round, and um, I'm not expecting... It's going to be a big shock to me if either of them are even tested in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't... I don't think either of those teams. I mean, if you were in Vegas, they're now, both you're... they're both got to be like how big of favorites would you say they are, points wise? Well, if you spread put a spread, wise? if you put a spread, uh, Kingsley by fourteen, Sutton's Bay by ten. <laughs> I might go more than fourteen. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say like fifteen ish. I mean, Sutton's Bay has not completely put teams in the dust all year long. I mean, they have let people score. Were you at they, the Bel Air game? <laughs> I, I'm saying it wasn't a consistent thing where they were just dropping people. Their defense will still let up some points. So Obviously, it's a conversation we can uh, save for next week, presuming we're all picturing Sutton's Bay in there. But uh, the team they're going to face on the other end is Colin versus Morris, and Colin just knocked off a top-five-ranked opponent in Martin 56-12. to 12. So whoever they draw in the Spirit Dome will in no way be a lock like I'm, I'm putting it for Kingston right now. All right. That is only five football games for us this weekend. I mean, we're into the regional round and semifinal round, so having five teams really isn't too bad. That's quite a few left, uh, some with a, quite a legitimate shot at a state title. So maybe we'll be seeing some people in the Superior Dome um, in a couple weeks and Ford Field uh, just a week after that. But before all that goes down, we do have to talk about volleyball regionals. We have a few teams left. Really want to talk about the ones that we kind of brought up a little bit last week. But Cadillac, Kingsley, Traverse City St. Francis, Traverse City Christian, uh, and Leland all rolled to district titles last weekend or end of last week. Now they're into the regional semifinals on Tuesday, regional finals on Thursday. I just want to talk about a couple of these matchups. I know we might be doing a little bit of conjecture here, um, but these are the teams that we've all agreed that we think are the ones who are moving along. So I want to talk about these big matchups before they happen. The regional final in Division Four could end up being Leland versus Traverse City Christian. That's what we have kind of put together in our brackets here at the Get Around over the last couple of weeks. You know, Emma Mirabelli has been, done a lot for the Sabres and has made them a threat. They've still only lost a few games this year. Those two teams played this season, and we talked to Emma Mirabelli here on the Get Around. She said that is the team that they look at, and that is the team that they want. And I'm pretty sure a regional final is exactly the situation that you want to, or at least the stakes that you want to try and beat a team like Leland. Uh, do we think that Traverse City Christian has a shot to upset the comment? Uh, they definitely got a shot, and I tell you what, if that's the mindset of that group, I, I don't think there's any other way to go about that situation than we want the best and we want the opportunity to take down the best. And I, w- I would make the argument that Emma Mirabelli is the most talented player on both teams. So if you want to talk I, about I don't I don't disagree with that. Yeah. yeah. I, I just make the argument. I'm not saying it's foolproof, but yeah. um, I, I think if she's – you know, at an all-star level that night, she has a certain way to dictate tempo for that Sabres team. And uh, at that point, you know, kind of like a Kingsley football game, if you're out ahead and you can kind of control the, the momentum of the game or the match at that point. So I certainly give him a chance, but I think uh, we're all in consensus agreement with Leland. It's You kind of got to beat them to prove you're worthy of that spot. So that's what we got to find out on Thursday night if that's the matchup we get. Yeah, I mean, you really do have to. You do have to beat Leland. I'm not, it's not very often that they're going to beat themselves. We talked a little bit about this over the weekend, and I mean, even just with their serving game, they try to get their points right off top and try to beat you um, from the outset. James, do you think that uh, the Sabers? They have a few other pieces uh, that have been able to help out Emma Mirabelli, and you know, there's a few scores on Leland, but I think that there's about about there's about the amount same amount of firepower on both of these teams. Yeah, well, if uh, Christian wants to win this game, they got to uh, they have to have learned from the last time they played Leland because Leland beat them 25-17, 25-18 when they played earlier this season in a tri-meet just a couple weeks ago. Um, so, 
you know, they have to have obviously gotten better than that since then or, or figured something out against the, some way they can attack Leland differently. So they just played? Yeah, it was October 30th. Oh, wow. It was in a tri-meet up in Charlevoix, I think. Um, so if they learn something from that, then, uh, then, they, then maybe they can make it closer and, and pull some stuff out. Do you think that that helps having the matches even closer together, you know, having them play at the end of the season and then looking at them again as opposed to, you know, some of the matchups that we've seen with, like, Cadillac, Leland or something like that in soccer where they play the very first game of the season, it doesn't go so well, and then they come back later on and beat them. Do you think it's better off with those matches at the end of the year so they kind of still have that, that bad taste in their mouth? I guess it depends on how T.C. Christian views how it played in those games. If they're like, we gave them our best and they still beat us, by seven eight points each time then you might come into the into the regionals being like i don't know what what more can we do but if you feel if you played in that game and you're like okay we didn't play our best we can play better you know then you got to come into that game with some optimism and and if they can identify some things that we need to fix and do better than than that other game then you can play with them other big regional final matchup that could be that we think will be and for the second year in a row has a lot of implications. It will be Kingsley versus Cadillac on Thursday in Gaylord. Uh, Kingsley took Cadillac down in this spot last year for the first time in a long time. But, you know, we had those Cadillac volleyball players on here last week, and they said they're looking for some redemption. They want to make sure that Kingsley knows that Cadillac is the are the ones to beat and still are the ones to beat. Who's our fit? I mean, we talked about it last week, but like who? now, now we're moving along. Now but, we know about Austin Deweese. Yeah, Austin Deweese is going to be there. She's going to be playing. I mean, she only played in limited time in the district final. Played 29 of 120 points, so it really wasn't that much, but they didn't need her. I'm sure now with a little bit of rest, they'll feel a little bit better. But, fellas, we got to make our prediction. we got to make our call now. We've been talking about it for a few weeks. What's our uh, final answer? Oh, it's like Jeopardy. Do I have to write it down? Are you going to give the clock <coughs> right it's, now? It's like uh, who wants <laughs> to be a millionaire? Do I have to say who is Cadillac? Oh, yeah. yeah. Can we phone a friend? <laughs> Is, is, is that your final answer? I, I, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I was forced to choose one, I guess I would pick Cadillac because they they remember that loss last year and they really, really don't want that to happen again. You know, last year was Kingsley's chance. Cadillac was a somewhat young team. They're a really veteran team now. Kingsley is too. I just think they're going to have a harder time. And I got to tell you, Kingsley is not happy about having to travel to Manistique for their first regional game. Yeah, when Cadillac gets to have it at home. (laughs) Yeah, Cadillac gets a home game against Claire in the first round of regionals, and Kingsley has to go to Manistique to play Escanaba. Well, but they got a good... So Cadillac gets a couple hundred-mile drive, and Manistique gets... They did get their first two district matchups at home as opposed to going to Sheboygan, so that was a nice little chance for them to rest that... You know, That's technically true. the MHSA didn't have to give them. Yeah, but this is district was supposed to be hosted by Gaylord. So, well, no, like the final it involves a UP team, so they're yeah. not gonna make everybody get a Gaylord two two out of three nights. It's it's a tough draw. It it's terrible. You know what? We're kind of used to it with these Class C and Class B teams. St. Francis, I think, has to go, or whoever wins between St. Francis and in the Lakes has to go up to Manistique, on which is the same building, right? Yeah, yeah they got to go to the same building on Thursday for their regional. So they're probably not too happy about that either. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go James with Cadillac too. I just they're I'm used to seeing Cadillac in the quarterfinals, if not the semifinals, every year. So yeah, they they did not like the way last season ended. See so if Kingsley can prove us wrong. Obviously, think, there's a lot of momentum going on in that school all around. I think right it's now. Kingsley. I'm I, I I like Kingsley all the way around. I know Cadillac has you know moved up a little bit, but I mean 
there's a few girls. I mean, Maddie Baez as a setter for the for the Stags has been fantastic all year. If Austin Deweese is back, which it sounds like she's had enough time to kind of rest up and uh, she'll be ready for that game if they do make it to that regional final against Cadillac. Brittany Bowman, we know how much of an explosive athlete she is. Lark Jankowitz is one of the better liberos in the area. You know, five out of six girls right there are a sure thing for the Stags. Um, we, we know about Macy Brown at the net for uh, Cadillac. In, uh, with is it yeah Renee Bryans does some good work for Cadillac too, but I think Kingsley kind of puts a stamp on uh, their dominance over the last two years. I like the team that they have, and I think that they used last year. They kind of look at this as a chance to beat Cadillac, and they're not just going to fall in the next round because you know last year it seemed like that was their pinnacle. Now they know they can go further, so I think I look for Kingsley to do that this time around. I think they totally could. I mean, I yeah, think it's going to be a great match. I We've think, been hyping it up for a reason. I mean, I think if you took this Kingsley team and put them in the Big North Conference, they would have been right up there competing for the league championship. I mean, what Central was right up there. Yeah, no, Central, Central was, West, Central was Central right West up there till the end. Were basically all tied at the top. They were one game apart from each other. Yeah, they were one game apart from each other, and in the ABCD quad, Kingsley swept Central without Austin Deweese for one of those games. So I think they would be right there with Cadillac almost in the Big North Conference if they were in that league. Well, we'll see. That is, you know, the regional semifinals will be on Tuesday and the regional finals will be across the state on Thursday. So check in with print and local coverage to see what happens in those games. We will be out across the state following those volleyball teams as they move along. But with that, that ends the pulse and puts us into our interview with Traverse City St. Francis football players Andy Simaz and Sterling Holcomb, who joined us before their game against Iron Mountain uh, in the regional final. So let's go ahead and give a listen to that now. The Get Around Podcast is very excited to welcome into our studios Traverse City St. Francis football players Sterling Holcomb and Andy Simez. Thank you guys so much for making the trip over here, uh, even though the weather hasn't been so cooperative over the last few days. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, uh, we're going to start off with our Freaky Fast Five with these guys today and uh, get to know them a little bit. It's a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's with five Freaky Fast questions uh, just to kind of get to know them a little bit. First one to get to know you guys. I mean, I guess it's uh, a bit odd, but like I said, I come up with some weird questions every once in a while. So imagine one color disappeared from the world forever. Which one would you want it to be? Or which one would you not mind having disappear from the world? I'd probably have to say black just because, you know, it kind of brings you down all the time. So not having black would be pretty cool. Uh, I'd say black because it wouldn't be so dark at night. You okay. Know? But, like, what, cool. what, what color would be replaced with black at night? Blue. Gray. <laughs> So it would just be daytime all the time? Yeah. Okay. I'd be down. That'd be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Go you live in Alaska? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Do the 24-hour, whatever, like, what, isn't it like six months in a row that, like, the sun doesn't go down or something like that? Uh, it's like 90 days, I think. Yeah, they get 90 days a night or something mm-hmm. like that. What's the what's the one vampire movie that's called that? Yeah, it's called, like, 90 days a night. There's the 90 or 30. I can't remember. E- either way, it's too much. <laughs> I can't, I gotta, I, you got to have some sort of cycle. <clears throat> all right, here's another good one. Top two things that you would want with you on a deserted island. Can I, can I say a private jet? I, 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 no, I don't the private jet crash. You got on a desert oh, You could have it. Okay. You probably wouldn't have a runway. Yeah. Your other thing better be oh, a runway. Yeah, a private jet <laughs> and a runway. Those are my two things. But then you ain't got gas. Oh, dang it. You're, you're uh, a private jet with gas. I will just figure out how to get it off the ground from there. Do you know how to fly it? I'll take my chances. Yeah, yeah I, I probably would too. What about you, Sterling? Oh, I do some water and food. Just survive from there? Yeah. 
survive long enough to get rescued or get a boat. I think I would need some sort build of entertainment. Build a raft. Some sort right? of entertainment. I might do a boat. Can, yeah, build a raft or set some trees on fire yeah. and let people know you're there. I think I would rather stay on a stranded island than be in the open <laughs> ocean on like a boat that didn't have any gas. For sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, open ocean is just a no-no for me. What's your best slash go-to pickup line? Um, I do, like, I mean, kind of like, let's count with shoulders, and you tap everyone's shoulder and put your arm around her. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't have any pickup lines. No pickup, no game. I have Andrews no pickup line. Over here. <laughs> no, I have Not no. even like, hey, I don't have any game. Something yeah, I guess man. that, yeah. That's Just it. a genuine, like, hey, you're, you're looking really good. Straight compliments. Yeah, straight, yeah. straight compliments, only. yeah. Okay. I'm not very smooth. <laughs> that, I'm not smooth at all. Okay, what's the best Wi-Fi name that you've used or seen? A lot of these, like, uh, like say and then blank for the password, and it's, like, some really, like, or, like, inappropriate word. So when we're, like, on bus rides or something, and you want, like, their hotspot or something, and they, you, it says, like, say, like, and then a word. I don't want to say a word because I don't think I'm allowed to say it on here. Probably not. I, I would assume but, no. yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to live by FCC rules on no, a podcast. I, I, do, I do have little beeps I could use. but And then just on the bus, you just hear someone scream that word. And then they get the Wi-Fi password. Everybody gets and then the they wife. get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. Right. I've, I've, actually, I've, I've seen one that says, I can see you. I have seen that before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine I used to be named you. like I can see you. Mine yeah, used to be named weird. like FBI surveillance van number three. Yeah. <laughs> so that you didn't know where number one and two were. But I've seen one before. <laughs> so you didn't know where one and two. Were. I know I did three. I just did three, so I didn't have a one or two. I saw another one that was really good one time that was uh, it just said mom use this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that actually is so bad. All right, what was your favorite TV show as a child? iCarly. Sweet Life on Doug, Zach and Cody. Okay. Yeah, so both Disney Channel, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, I think those are both on Disney Channel. Or, no, no, I, I probably not. Yeah, yeah, I okay. I okay. Nick. But that, well, that was on Disney this, Channel. Yeah, the Sweet Life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right, we got, was that four? Was that five? I think that was four. All right. What do you guys want for Christmas? Uh, the approval of my parents. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm, j- I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. Okay. Um. I don't know. Some like hot chocolate mix. I like getting a. T- I, I really like hot chocolate. And one time I got, like, a ton of different hot chocolate mixes. I just love hot chocolate, okay? But no, I, I'm just laughing at him. He just goes, <laughs> yeah. what? I know, that's weird. <laughs> I don't want anything big. I don't like making my parents spend a ton of money on me. You could use that hot chocolate in Iron Mountain. Yes, yeah, I could. Cool. Had some during the game. Yeah, that's, that's, af- way, that's off. way off. Yeah. Ways off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he'll be, that's he'll be wrestling by then. He probably won't be using uh, oh, shoot. hot chocolate yeah. at that point. Dang. No, nah, I'll still I'll, I'll still drink hot chocolate. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just which is do you do milk or water with your hot chocolate? Definitely milk. I you can't say. do water. No, you can't. That's, that's a major me. sin. I do water. Really? I've done it. What the? Oh. Nah. All right. What, what about you? I have no clue to be honest. No I clue. Have no idea. For yeah. Christmas, you know, for Christmas, you don't want to win over Iron Mountain. Yeah, I do want that. <laughs> there you go. It's easy. <sighs> okay. Again, that's in like right. a couple months. All right. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna use up your Christmas gift way early then. Hey, at least you did. Hey, my brother already got me my Christmas gift. I've had it for a few months already. Sit in my house. Yeah, my got, saxophone. I already got my wife for a Christmas gift. Yeah, I don't. I'm not that good at shopping for Christmas. I don't do like advanced, no. advanced shopping. I'd be mm-hmm. like, no, I got like a week and a half before Christmas, and yeah. that's what we do it for. Like our tickets to the Packers game. Well, I hope she does. A Packers <laughs> fan. You guys have already done that, though, right? Huh? You guys have already went there, or she doesn't know that? No, it's at the end of December. She doesn't know this. The Lions Packers game. Does Cena listen Ooh. to this podcast? Yeah, she knows. Oh, okay, as long as she knows. Yeah, okay. if she saw like a two hundred and some dollar uh, thing on the credit uh, card, yeah, she's like, "What is this?" <laughs> uh, surprise! That's a ruined. good gift. 
I'm a Packers fan. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. so is she. She grew up in Wisconsin, so up yes. and I'm you know I'm a Lions fan. Lions, mm. you know. So, <laughs> anyways, that's gonna do it for our Freaky Fast Five. The nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. We're gonna get into some more serious talk here, fellas. We are out of the districts. You guys won what is it? I think your sixth straight district title. But nonetheless, you guys are moving into that regional round. Let's talk about how you guys got here first. On this podcast, we talked about. Um, at the beginning of the year, we thought you guys lost a lot. You guys did lose a lot of your starters from last year, and we didn't quite know what to expect from you guys. There was a few road bumps along the way, but it seems like you guys have just picked it up and kind of exponentially gotten better towards the end of the season. Do you guys feel that you're at your best in your season right now, or how has the progression gone for the Gladiators this year? Um, I'd say like, Oak Ridge was like, definitely our best game. And I think we've kind of, like, we went up and then we kind of gone down, so we're trying to go right back up again, back to like how we did against Oak Ridge and stuff. Piggybacking off of that, Oak Ridge was definitely our best game, but I think we we still made so many mistakes in that game. We watched film, and I know after the game we were like, we should have won that game, and we were like, we were thinking to ourselves that, you know, hey, we're really good. We we can see ourselves, and we're thinking, hey, we, we have a chance in the playoffs. We can make a deep playoff run. But even after looking at film, we realized that we had so many mistakes. So I still think that we have so much more to give in a game than than what we saw in Oak Ridge or any any game. When we talked before the season, you were talking about how, you know, obviously you guys had to replace a lot, but just the feeling that this team would get better and better and better as the year went on because of having those new guys learn their roles more and stuff. How how much did, or how soon did that start coming together? I think probably like week six and seven was it. Um, I think after Kingsley. After Kingsley? Like when, we went, when we knew we had to win the rest of the games to get into the playoffs. Yeah, true. I think that's when we really kicked it into gear and said we but, had to go. Yeah, like I think after like Kalkaska, we had a lot of people get in there, and uh, it was like a game that you could make mistakes. And uh, I feel like we didn't make that as many mistakes as we did in any other game there. And uh, people did the right thing, and they found out what the right thing was to do in certain situations. And I think uh, a lot of people that hadn't gotten much time or action – that year had gotten in and gotten a lot of stuff done and uh i think we grew a lot in that game and and ever since after that i think we've been doing pretty well yeah i mean you get to that muskegon oakridge game you guys uh, both kind of said you thought that was your best game of the year so far it, they, they had to beat you guys at the end of that game they had to come back and beat you guys in the last couple minutes there how much does a game like that against a number one ranked team and the last week of the season do for you win or lose in the playoffs i mean you guys have played a couple pretty good teams here in the last couple of weeks, but if you guys fallen back on what you think is your best game and kind of looked at that, and what does it do for you in the playoffs? I think going back to like the beginning of that week, uh, there was a lot of talk on the team about, oh, we're gonna get our butts kicked, we're gonna lose like fifty to zero, we're gonna get destroyed this game. And I think as the week went on, we started getting film, we started watching them, and just uh, getting it into our minds that you know we can we can work with these guys. The game definitely showed that, and I think that gave everyone on the team so much confidence. And I think that's the main thing is that we got a lot of confidence from that game. Having played them and Kingsley, and then they played Kingsley in the playoffs last week, what did you what did you think was going to happen in that Kingsley Oakridge game? Oh, I knew it was going to be I knew it was going to be a good game. But I, I mean, I was shocked that I knew Kingsley's good, and I'm really kind of shocked that they did that. They had to score that high, you know, and they shut them down that well. They were definitely a good team. Both of those are really good teams. And I was, I was kind of hoping Oak Ridge was going to go for it, but, you know, because it did it, and yeah. I'm happy. Do you think the talent gap between those teams were that were that different? I mean, I know you guys saw Kingsley way early in the season. I think it was, what, week three? And then you see Oak Ridge in week nine. Um, I mean, your guys' talent had to have been a much different between those two games, uh, talking about getting everything working to the point at the end of the season. But how much do you think the talent, talent gap was there? 
I think both of them had incredibly good offenses. I think the the game was going to be who had the better defense. And honestly, I didn't think Kingsley had the better defense, but they definitely did. They definitely grew since the last time we played them and since the last couple of games. And I think they just got really, really pumped up for that game. And uh, it definitely showed that they had the better defense in that game. Now, you guys did uh, fall to Kingsley earlier in the year, and we kind of talked about uh, you guys having an underdog role uh, kind of from that point forward because they kind of controlled the league. They kind of controlled their destiny in that. But how much have you guys – have you guys enjoyed that role at all? Um, I know that for Traverse City, St. Francis, it's not always – you guys are usually looked at as a favorite. People are usually looking at you with a target on your back. But having that role most of the season, has that kind of helped you guys, you know, with a chip on your shoulder or what? Uh, yeah, kind of. I think I told, like, in the beginning of the season, I told everyone, like, no one's got faith in us. I knew no one really had, no one had faith in us that we'd be, people would say we'd be 5-4 and four and stuff. And I told the guys, listen, you have the chance right now to go prove everyone wrong. And I think that's kind of, like, the thing we've, we like having that chance to prove everyone wrong. I think that's, like, the big thing we like. Just be able to just go out there and prove everyone that we can do it. Yeah, I think the the big thing is that it takes a lot of pressure off. Like, when you're, when you're thought of being a, a lot better than you might be, uh, there's a lot of pressure to be that good. But when you go in with everyone thinking that you're not going to lose or that you're not going to win, you have nothing to lose. You just go in there, play your best. And if you win, then you proved everyone wrong. That's a great thing. Is that kind of how you guys feel this weekend? I know Iron Mountain has beaten Mancelona and uh, Charlevoix, a couple teams you guys have uh, have seen around from here um, pretty handily over the last couple of weeks. But, I mean, what are your, what's your guys' attitude going into an 11-0 Iron Mountain team where you guys got to travel three, four hours to get there? I think going back to Oak Ridge again, we went to that game. They were undefeated. We had two, or yeah, we had two losses at that point. And I think we're going in with the same mentality. You know, they're a really, really good team. But we've played with really, really good teams all year. We've our three losses this year are against top, top teams in the state. And I think uh, Iron Mountain. It, I, I don't think they're any better than the teams that we've played. The the really good teams that we played this year. So I think if we go into that game with the confidence that we have and. Uh, the way that we've been playing at the end of the year so far, I think we can uh, definitely pull away with, with something good. Go over uh, your guys' travel plans. We were talking about this beforehand. The travel plans that you guys are doing to, to go to Iron Mountain and, and what the other stuff that the team is doing. Uh, we're leaving Friday morning to go to Marquette, and then we'll go practice in the Dome, the Superior Dome up there in Marquette, and then we'll spend the night there. And then we're going to go drive down to uh, Iron Mountain. On Saturday morning. Okay. How long of a drive is it from Marquette to Iron Mountain? I think it's still like a little an, bit of a haul. Like an hour and like a half. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Now, so you guys will spend plenty of time uh, on the bus. Lots to think about. I want to ask you guys about those long rides, especially in the playoffs. I mean, you guys have both been on the bus for quite long rides, being part of Northern Michigan, <laughs> having to drive where you have to. Is there anything different when you're, you know, spending three and a half hours on the way there? I, I don't know. Is it quiet? Is it? Is it? Rowdy, what what is it like on the bus for you guys as a team, and uh, how how does the playoffs make that any different? I think usually the the really long bus rides, people are just trying to relax. Yeah. So it's usually pretty quiet. There's not there's not usually much rowdiness at all. Even coming back, even like after we win, maybe the first like half an hour yeah. to an hour is loud, but then it kind of quiets down. People usually just fall asleep and take a nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they're yeah. tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but on the way there, it's all business, huh? It's all business. Yeah. yeah. Is it, is it seem like a, is a four-hour ride seem like, I mean, I guess it won't be four hours. It'll be split up into a couple different ones for you guys. It'll be an hour and a half actually before the game. But does a four-hour bus ride seem like quite a long time to keep it all business? Is it hard to kind of keep that all under wraps for that long? I mean, I, we've done it. We've gone to Marquette before, so, I mean, we've done it and stuff. So, not really. No, usually these people just relax. And there's usually, like, a movie. We usually bring some movies and stuff. I think uh, going, that like, a long ride like that, we shouldn't be going 
into or we shouldn't be on the ride we shouldn't be just thinking about the game the entire time because then we'll get get too much of it in our head or we'll we'll be overconfident we'll be underconfident we'll be thinking about it too much so i think going up there it's just like relax don't think about it too much but when the time comes you should be only focused on the game do you have a preferred genre of movie that you guys like to watch? Do you you want to watch like an action movie? Do you get too much amped up if you do that, or do you want to watch we, something that kind of is a little more relaxing? We've seen or? like we used to, we watched like the old football films, like the yeah, like film. SF, yeah, like football SF football, football films. Football okay, film. and then yeah. we watched usually like what is the giant ones? Though? It was like facing the giant, facing the giant, the football movie. Usually like a football movie. Yeah, just some uh, just something to like keep us in the right like space of mind, but mm-hmm. not get us thinking about the wrong things. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you could probably get easily distracted with just just one wrong <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, that's just yeah. What, what's uh, what's what, what's your favorite movie, guys? If you guys seem to like to, it seems like you watch a lot of movies. A lot of times we have people in here who are like, I don't watch movies, so I have to ask you guys, what's your favorite movie? And you can't say game film. Oh yeah. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might I might just have to go with the bench warmers. Okay. Because when I was younger, I had, I had like uh, the first like electronic that i had or like handheld device was a kindle and i had one movie on there and it was the bench warmers and i watched that probably 50 times okay so i know i can like quote that word for word like the entire movie so that's probably my favorite movie because i i can just watch it over and over it's like it could only hold one movie yes only enough memory for one. <laughs> or i i only had enough money for one that's what it was <laughs> okay <laughs> i'd say mine's probably uh i think like grown-ups too i really like that okay. i really like that one Okay, now let's get back to football. Sorry, yeah. I just <laughs> – <laughs> Was it kind of in an odd way beneficial for you to um, have the change at quarterbacks? And and sometimes you have – if you have quarterback miss some time, kind of everybody else is like, well, I need to kind of step up and make sure that we can do this. Everybody put a little bit more on their shoulders. When when Colin got hurt? Yeah. Yeah, definitely when, when, a, when a senior leader like Colin uh, gets out, uh, there's a lot more pressure put on the other seniors to step up and really make a big difference. But hands to Charlie Peterson for coming in and playing like a like a varsity veteran because he he came in there and he made little to no mistakes the entire time and he played with a lot of uh, a lot of confidence and I think that's huge. But losing Colin earlier in the season definitely put us in a low position. But I think we came off looking pretty well. And you guys and they didn't really like cheat or treat. Uh charlie with like kid gloves or anything like that too they let him throw the ball and oh, yeah. <laughs> uh i mean it's like they a lot of times when you're playing a, a backup quarterback or a kid calling from jv they you know, the playbook really shrinks yeah <laughs> me me and colin joke a lot about how um uh, whenever colin's out there he rarely ever throws but when charlie gets out there coach just gives him all the pass plays <laughs> and calls like why does he do that but i don't know i don't know what's on the coach's mind yeah i think losing a losing a person like danny kind of changes our like run heavy offense even in the shotgun position into more of a a passing offense and even yeah. Colin there can run we saw last week he he had a rushing touchdown he had a lot of did he lead yards I believe I so. so I think he led yeah, yards in rushing so. so like seeing and uh I think he's like the last I know Charlie can run pretty well in the pocket well, I think but he only led the yards rushing because you had a couple of big screen passes didn't you didn't you have a screen pass for yeah, I think I, I led in pass rushing yeah, but I didn't okay. lead in rushing I think uh, when we lose Colin, Charlie's good at running, but I don't think he's as good as Colin, and no. Colin isn't as good as Danny. So I think the team's just trying to transition into more passing is what I think. I don't think they're going Okay, uh, so Sterling, talk a little bit about your, your family history. You're the, the 20th Holcomb um, family member that's gone to St. Francis. 
Uh, yeah, I think it's like, well, it's on my mom's side, the Mikowskis. Yeah. My, yeah, my grandpa played football. I think his brother was, like, on the first SF football team. And a few of his brothers played SF football, like, a long, long time ago and stuff. Probably on the first few teams and stuff. So was it pretty much there was just no question of where you were going? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, if you hadn't have gone to St. Francis, your family would have disowned you. Yeah. They probably would have moved out of state or something. Probably, that, that probably would have been the only thing. Like, you just aren't going to be here at all, so you can't go there. That's just pretty impressive, though. 20 people from the same family to go to the same yeah, I mean, a a private same private school That's in the same, same town. Tradition. That's yeah. some tradition right there. Mm. How much do you guys, or how, how highly do you guys hold the uh, Traverse City St. Francis Gladiator athletic tradition? I think very highly. Yeah. Like, it shows in our in our history that we have had successful programs, and I think the main thing is that it puts a lot of pressure on us to keep the, uh, keep the program going. All righty, fellas. Well, thank you so much, Andrew and Sterling, for joining us here at the Get Around, and good luck against Iron Mountain this weekend, and hopefully we'll see you at the regional final and uh, moving on in the playoffs. Yeah, yes, thanks thank for having you. us. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freaky yeah. Big thank you again to Traverse City St. Francis's Sterling Holcomb and Andy Simaz, and good luck to them as they travel all the way to the Upper Peninsula for their game against Iron Mountain this weekend. To the land of Izzo. To the land of Izzo. Uh, we will talk a little bit about Michigan State later, but we want to talk about... Episode 100, we promised a whole bunch of free stuff for you guys, and oh boy, do we have it. We had given away two free subs, our 12-pack of mini jimmies with six cookies and six chips, and a six-month subscription to the Record Eagle. We have selected names randomly from our loyal Audible viewers who interact with us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, or on SoundCloud, and we have come up with so three giveaways to take care of today. We're going to start off with our normal giveaway and get the people fed by our sponsors at Jimmy John's. The winner of two free subs from episode 100 is Alyssa from Traverse City Central. Her tag on Instagram is MerchantLY504. She liked us on Instagram, so we'll be getting a hold of her for two free subs at Jimmy John's. The big one, though, 12 free mini Jimmy's with six cookies and six chips. Thanks to our sponsors at Jimmy John's for throwing a bunch more free food and getting our Audible viewers fed. That goes to another person who interacted with us on Instagram, and that will be Tina and Casey Schaub. Seems like they kind of share an Instagram uh, handle, but it is at T underscore Schaub. So thank you so much for interacting with us, and hopefully we can get you, your family, your team, your kids, all y'all fed with that 12 mini Jimmy pack. And then, drum roll please. Sounded like the one from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Our free six-month subscription to the Record Eagle is going to Traverse City's Rich Roundtree at Real Mr. Roundtree on Instagram. Set on there, he's the second-grade teacher in the Traverse City school system. So, a big ups to Mr. Roundtree for teaching the youth minds of Northern Michigan. And congratulations on winning a six-month subscription to the Traverse City Record Eagle. We went very heavy on the gram this week. Yeah, we went very. We had, the, we had a lot of people interact. It's the new wave, I've heard. I'm not on there, but I've heard. We're starting to get there. I mean, the younger, the younger kids, uh, that new generation. After gotta our, get them reading the paper. Yeah, after our interviews uh, with the girls last week, we even thought about making a TikTok, but I think James and I both kind of decided against that one. 
So congratulations yeah. to all of our giveaway winners and especially those who interacted with us on social media. Thanks to our sponsors at Jimmy John's once again for sponsoring this podcast and our giveaways with two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freakia. That's going to lead us into our Hall of Fame, gentlemen. We have three more athletes nominated for the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. A couple we've seen before, one we have not seen yet. Fellas, I'll let you take it away. I'm nominating Brady Hunter. Real shock because I've never thought he was worthy of this award before. It's at least my third time, maybe my fourth this year, but I know he's at least been nominated four times. Anyway, 41 carries, 306 yards, 70 pass. I don't even recall the passing yards, really. He was, was all running early. so much. Four rushing touchdowns, all of St. Mary's scores, three two-point conversions, and as we said, about a couple inches combined them basically losing this game, either on that kickoff return at the very end or on the fourth down that Sutton's Bay denied him another set of downs to punch in an icing score. I, I mean, Brady Hunter, if he's not your guys' record eagle player of the year, at least offensive player of the year, I don't know how that category is being decided. I don't have a vote in that, but I'm making that perfectly clear right now. That guy is for that team, what Danny Passano was for the Glads last year, what Tobin schwanicky has been for Central. I mean, a heartbeat in a uniform is is Brady Hunter, and that was on display. Even in a, James and I were talking on the sidelines, who, can we nominate him in a loss? I'm like, of course yeah. we can nominate him in a loss. It doesn't matter win or lose. If his stats are there, he deserves the spot. So, so Brady Hunter is my vote. All right, James, who are you putting up? I'll put up Noel Phillips. I'll leave, I'll leave the other one for you since you were at that game, I think. I, well, I wasn't there, but I've been around there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she won the uh, the USBC Youth Masters Bowling Tournament this year and uh, rolled her uh, personal best with a 267. 267. That, Came back in the final round to win it. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so down in Allen Park at Thunder Bowl where they do the <coughs> PBA championships. I mean, that's got to be a lot of fun. And I mean, she was, a, she, was our, no, she was close to a state championship for Traverse City West. She was in the uh, finals. Yeah, this past year. Uh, my nomination for this week is Jonathan Wright from Glen Lake. I've made a little mention of him when we talked earlier. He has been a workhorse uh, for the Lakers this season. This week, put up two more rushing touchdowns with 129 rushing yards, added a kick return touchdown from about 80 yards, and snagged the interception on defense. Uh, I think he has six or seven total touchdowns in the playoffs in just two games so far, so he has been lighting it up for the Lakers. Let's put this one to a vote, gentlemen. I think I'm going to start this off and just make it a little easy. I'm going to yeah. vote Brady Hunter. Finally, yeah. I mean, it stinks that he has to go in on, you know, he's going to go in on a loss, but I think that it's definitely necessary after that performance. He scored all, or was responsible for all of Gaylord St. Mary's points against Suttons Bay. Yeah, it's it's Hunter. I mean, that, that game was just impressive. I mean, they knew who, Suttons Bay knew exactly who was going to be getting the ball, and uh, they still had a really hard time stopping it until uh, Michael Lauchs and Michael Whitman finally got him just a couple inches short of the first down marker in that one last drive. That's two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that PA announcer said his name about 100 times on Friday night to the point where you're like, why didn't you just say, he said Brady Hunter every time. Why didn't you say Hunter? Hunter. Hunter. Number 14, Hunter. Or just Brady. It is almost hunting season. The same same kid who carried the ball last time. But make it unanimous. How do we not call him the pilot, by the way? That should be his nickname. Autopilot. Brady Hunter. Oh. I know he was... uh, I know he was your nomination, but just make it unanimous. Give him the vote. Harrison. The Hunter Hall of Fame is his. Hunter, you are Hunter the newest fame. member of the Get Around Hall of Fame for episode 101. Congratulations. You finally got in after I think Harrison nominated you six straight weeks. He's taken off. Right? He's taken off. All these taken all off these the autopilot. Puns. All right. Going into basketball. Yeah, the Snowbirds 
foul, but Brady Hunter has been enshrined forever into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. I think he already was last year, right? If for baseball, but it's yeah. a different story. Now, he is, he is kind of like Danny Passano. <clears throat> he wants to play baseball in college, correct? I think that's his true love, isn't it? Who knows? Who knows Maybe it changed, yeah. Maybe today changed it. Maybe he's just going to be a pilot. I'm pretty sure that's College pilot. Be. NCAA sanctions that? All right, fellas. That, you know Drone what that racing. means. <laughs> <laughs> right? As you can see, Wednesday nights at Pint Night. Drone racing. All right, fellas. That's going to lead us into our final segment of the day. And, I mean, except for what happened on Saturday, this week is usually one of my favorite weeks of the year. It is hashtag hate week. Uh, we talked about this last I mean, year, but Saturday, Sunday, today, MSU just I, been I given it's oh, been black it's been eyes a, and beat up just emotionally bad. on it's the court, bad. off the court. It's been a rough few days for Michigan State, but yeah. and we're supposed to go into the biggest week of the year. Exactly. So I mean, it has a bit different feel um, than normal with Cassius Winston's brother passing, uh, Albion basketball player, uh, getting struck by a train, which was just wild. Especially Cassius playing then, and then. Charles Rogers passing away was that last night or early this morning um, that we all just found out about that. So, yeah, the Michigan State community has taken some big lumps here, headed into their big rivalry game with the University of Michigan, including a 27-point fourth-quarter comeback by the Illini on Saturday, which was just mind-melting. That should be never That should never happen. No, I... uh, Illini and Jake Cerny. Yeah, but Terry O'Connor suited up for the uh, Spartans, former Trojans. That's true. We had uh, guys on both sides. Matt Siebert. There you go, yeah, local. And Matt Siebert at tight end. Well, but he's been there all year. Yeah. I think that was Terry's first game that he was. I, yeah, I think it was. I don't know. Let's get into the trifecta, though. <laughs> Since, I mean, I, I, you guys Jake, all know. Jake wants to forget about that. Yeah, you guys you guys all know that I'm a Spartan fan. And, and the Kentucky does. game. Uh, I, I don't so much want to forget about that. I knew we were going to lose that game. I never thought they the were going to The Champions Classic is the most overrated thing in sports. Well, it's awesome. I don't think it's overrated, but I just knew we were going to lose But as far as, like, game. grand scheme of things, it means nothing. No, no, it's just a good It's a good start to the season. But anyways, do the Spartans have a chance to upset the Wolverines this weekend? Yes. I mean, yeah, I'll go first. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And I'm, I'm, oh, I think that this is the game that Michigan State now has been looking at for three weeks because once we lost to Wisconsin, once we lost to Ohio State, the Big Ten was out of reach. I mean, obviously, it's gone way down since then, but I just know how the Spartans are. I know how we are as fans. I know how they are as a team. Man, ain't nothing going to be better than being able to take out a ranked Michigan team when we just basically look like we can't even score a point. Yeah, they got nothing to lose. They'll, they will pull out all the stops. Will they? Will they change the coordinators before that game? I don't know. D'Antonio's fighting for a job right now. I don't think they're going to fire him. Not this year, but but this year is toast. And, yes, you're right that a win on Saturday would do a lot to put smiles on people's faces, but the body language and the effort and the motivation from this team, I mean, they were 3-9 and three years ago, and I feel like this team just emotionally is worse. Now, I understand that was the hardest October for any college football team to try and navigate, but then to come out of that by blowing a lead to a 500 Illinois team, I understand Illinois is kind of hot right now. They won four straight, but you had that game in the bag at home, and you're just going to disappoint your fan base. I'm going to disagree with your logic of they've been looking forward to this Michigan game for weeks. No, they now they're just that, No, you said for three weeks they've been looking forward to it. That was what you just yeah, said. Yeah, after, after they lost anything, Big Ten hopes, anything like that, yeah, for sure. How do you overlook what you need to make is a for-sure win against Illinois? You can't lose to Illinois and expect these fans to continue to want to support. I, I've never seen such low morale. And, again, we had we were 3-9 and nine three years ago. I've this never seen people 
so miserable with Michigan State football. Even the hardcores, like you're, you're a rarity right now. That's I'm, just I'm, I'm, holding I mean, on to the ship. Well, yeah, you have to hold on to it. I'm not. Well, you don't have to let go, but you're like clutching on that. Like it, it's possible. It's not. It's not happening. It, oh, I, we yes, are not beating Michigan. Oh Saturday. my God, nope. it's so possible at the Big House. It's so we are possible. not beating Michigan. They've gotten enough don't... momentum building oh. wins. They've beaten Notre Dame. They've beaten Iowa. We've, <sighs> our best win is Northwestern. Almost lost to Indiana. Beat, blew out Western. Indiana's ranked now, aren't they? Indiana's like nine and one right now. Indiana, but I've seen or two. But two I've seen Michigan State go into this game where yeah. they've been three, four. I looked. Po- I looked it up. The Antonio five hundred teams. They've only won once, and that was when Michigan was around five hundred as well. Well, hey, when when but, D'Antonio's but not think, having a great but year, but I think Michigan is Michigan is overrated. Yeah, at this point, because they were overrated. They now are. they're right where they are. They're yeah. they're mid teens team. Yeah, they're a top twenty five team. But they're ranked fourteen. I don't think they should. I don't know that they're at the fourteenth best team in the country right now. Um, they still have definite struggles on offense, which is still good because their defense is still good. They're clearly better to me in multiple facets of the game than Michigan State right now. And maybe if Joe oh, yeah. Bocci was there, yeah. that would but help Michigan convince State me always otherwise. Keeps this game closer yeah, there's than, no it, way out. than it should be. I'm not arguing that it might not be close. I'm just saying there's <clears> no <throat> chance Michigan State's winning this oh, football game. Uh, th- I, then you're just no. not part of this rivalry. There is always a chance. And you're Harrison. drinking green Kool-Aid there like your all your tuition money went to for brewing together. Way, for either way, it, for Michigan or Michigan State, you never know what's going to happen in this football game. Never. Yeah. I, I would, would bet say, if you I look back at trends of the thing, teams. I would say the same thing if Michigan State was 2-8 and eight and Michigan was 10-2 and two or vice versa. You never know what's going to happen in this football game. We, would, ve- we very rarely pull the upset as an underdog in the matchup. If they're close, yeah, we win a lot of those games. There's not a lot of times in history where we have been clearly – we're a 14-point underdog. We've rarely won these games, especially oh, on I'll the road the as an underdog. I'll take the spread on that game. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'll arguing that it won't be close yeah. and there might be some drama, but there's no way we're winning this. There's no trouble with the snap. Oh, well, that, that, There's no <laughs> little giants. And that team, by the way, went to the no college clock, football playoff. No clock, just, no clock just, gate. I'm just hoping that Brian Lewerke doesn't throw four interceptions and the defense doesn't allow them to score more than 20 points. And we might be. I mean, I, 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 you want to know how much I hope I I will eat crow all day long next week if I they bring, lose I the will game. bring a and I will admit, dead crow I will admit, next week. I will admit my false prophecies, but the way this team is playing right now, oh, they, they, there's <laughs> no energy and I'm delusional. commitment I get it. and prosper that shows me that there, there's even an inkling of a chance I get it. that they the pull first, this win off for four first, quarters. I'll be the first to admit that this team looks like absolute hot garbage right now. Offense, the defense, <laughs> I still don't think that that 27 points in the fourth quarter against Illinois was the defense's fault, so like I'm not going to put that on them, but still, like, That can't me, happen. I don't get that it. That can't happen. In a game that was a must-win off an 0-3 October that, At yeah, home. the schedule was tough. The schedule was brutal in October. Nobody expected them. All to I'm any of saying games, is that there's a chance. Yes, That's it. There's yeah, a Lloyd there's Christmas a one in a million chance. Let's see what happens. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, there, there is. My prediction though is that even if they lose this game, then they beat Rutgers, they beat Maryland, and then they play on uh, the day after CMU. Christmas against CMU in the what well, used to be Motor City Bowl, but now it's the Pizza Quick Bowl. Lane? Quick Lane Bowl. Or something? Quick, Quick Lane. Is it Quick Lane now? Yeah. yeah. Pizza's cool long gone. I'm cool with Let's that. Let's do that scores. Would, real that would quick. be the that would be the dream matchup for no. that game. Well, fellas, I think there's a chance. Harrison is just not the bleeding green Spartan I thought he once was. I'm just, no, I, I'm just I know you're realistic. realistic. I, blah, blah, blah. We're not talking about it anymore. Please remember to interact with our podcast so we can get you fed next week, get you some free Jimmy John subs. Thank you so much for listening to episode 101. We hope that you learned something today. 
in our first edition of hope the Get Around class next yeah, week. college classes. So have a good one, and we will see you for episode 102.